Engaging Leader, Episode 218. Overcoming the Challenges Faced by Women Entrepreneurs and Leaders. Featuring Charlene Walters. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at WorkforceCommunication.com. inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Many people say that entrepreneurship is often still a man's world. Despite the facts that 42% of all small business or franchise owners are women, and there are 13 million female-owned businesses contributing to $1.9 trillion in revenue in the U.S. A multitude of research has shown that many women entrepreneurs and leaders struggle more than men with certain issues that may thwart their success. Joining me today is Charlene Walters to discuss tips from her new book, Launch Your Inner Entrepreneur, 10 Mindset Shifts for Women to Take Action, Unleash Creativity, and Achieve Financial Success. Today, we'll be discussing some of the unique challenges female entrepreneurs and leaders face and how to reframe them as opportunities. We'll be specifically talking about how to overcome imposter syndrome, how to deal with haters, and how to fight self-sabotage. Charlene Walters, MBA, PhD, is an entrepreneurial coach, business and branding mentor, author, and trainer. She developed a digital entrepreneurship MBA program, has taught hundreds of business and marketing courses at a number of universities, and has led workshops for Entrepreneur Magazine's Insider Platform and other companies. Charlene Walters, welcome to Engaging Leader. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I'm happy to be here. Charlene, tell us about some of your personal setbacks and how they contributed to your role as an entrepreneur and leader. So probably one of the big, biggest personal setbacks that I've had is that when my kids were just two and four, my husband left for work one day and just never came home. He passed away in a helicopter accident. It was really a sad time. I was grieving. I had two little toddlers to take care of. I was mid-PhD. I was working. I just thought, this is it. You know, I'm screwed. This is just not going to be good for me or my kids. I'm not sure I can ever do it alone. And as someone in that situation finds themselves, you have no choice but to keep going, to keep going after everything to help your kids grow up in the best way you can. I finished my PhD. I went on to do a lot of things in my career that I never would have dreamed of. I've written two books. So you can just face those difficulties and those setbacks and just be really resilient and come up with a new plan and a new way to do things and you can triumph. And so that's really translated over into my career as well. Whenever I hit something that's, you know, a major setback or an obstacle, I always find a new way or a new path. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What's going on with your daughter these days? So my littlest one is about to hit high school next year, and my oldest is in high school. And they're doing great. I mean, they've never known any differently. They kind of, they just know this mom. I always tell them, you have got a one-of-a-kind childhood. There is nobody in the world that Mm -hmm. has the same childhood. And I've really tried to sell that for them. And I think they're really independent and really strong. And I think that they've learned from watching me and watching that experience as well. So as a couple of uh, women entering 
the high school and college and the the world of work pretty soon here um, turned this top this idea of women going into the work world and you know m more women are starting businesses today than men um, but a lot of people would say that they're, they're facing a playing field that's not always fair or predictable um, can you comment on that yeah, definitely. Women suffer in some areas that men don't, particularly related to confidence. A lot of time we're trained as women to be a little more subtle, to not brag as much, to not really trumpet our accomplishments. And that can hold us back because as business owners, as business leaders, we really have to tell people what we're up to, you know? Otherwise, no one will know about it. I think women just think sometimes they can work really hard and do these great things and they'll naturally get ahead. And that's not the case. So women have to get more comfortable putting themselves front and center. We can also have more issues related to financial confidence. You know, maybe it's the way we are raised, Maybe our parents told us money was the root of all evil, or maybe we've had credit card debt in the past, or maybe a bad financial experience. So we bring that with us. But as business owners, we have to really put those revenue generating activities first, you know, for our business, or we won't stay in business very long. So there are just certain things that we have to get used to as business owners. And really, it has a lot to do with putting ourselves out there and not worrying about what other people are going to think of us. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just, uh, what you're saying, even as a guy, is resonating to me. The the challenges of um, self-confidence and being okay to talk about yourself and um, just feeling, you know, I guess not like an imposter, um, especially when you're younger and entering. But any change, really, those are all, any any new opportunity, new change is a opportunity for those feelings to come up. And maybe that's a maybe that's a universal thing, but it seems like there's a double standard for men and women. I mean, if I need to, okay, I'm going to set aside those fears and sort of step into a role today of putting on a brave face and so forth. I've always, you know, that's always almost always worked in my favor, and um, it seems like a lot of women would get criticized for faking it maybe. Yeah, there's there's definitely a double standard there. You know, I did a little experiment at work once where I, we have the, one of those social media platforms at work where people post things all the time. And I've always been a big poster. I love social media. I love getting out there. But I wasn't necessarily bragging about things, I guess would say, or just really pushing things that I was doing well. So I did a little experiment and I started really posting about all kinds of things that were going on in my department. And it wasn't anything different than I had always done, but I was just telling people more and people were like, wow, she's really stepping it up, you know? So the perception is really there. <laughs> so I think you just, women, we think we always have to be perfect and we don't want to put ourselves out there. I think there's a famous study from Hewlett Packard where women would only apply when they had 100% of the qualifications for position and men would apply when they have 60%. And I think men are just naturally better at doing that. Yeah. Or at least, at least it's more acceptable, you know, when you get into that situation where it turns out that I only have 70% of the qualifications, but like, whoa, well, I'll, I, a quick example, my son, when he was in high school, wanted to um, have a, a certain role at a local kids camp and they were, he was a little late for the application um, to be on their staff, but they needed a piano player. Okay. And he had taken some lessons way back when. Okay. And so he's like, you know what? I really want to work at this camp. 
And uh, I'm just, he spent one week boning up on his piano. And the, re- the rest of us in the family are like, wow, I can't believe he's, I mean, he's got, he's got some balls there. I mean, he's going to like, that's really sticking your neck out to audition to be. And they, um, so, you know, he went into the audition, like the, the woman who, who reviewed him like knew in five seconds, like, okay, this guy is not our person to do the piano, but she saw his heart, his passion, how much he wanted to be there and went and, um, move, what do you call it? You know, you basically made space for him to join the staff anyway, in one of the other roles. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So a lot of it is like, you know, he stuck his neck out and actually was affirmed for that. And I, I can imagine that there's lots of situations where there might be a gender bias and like, who does she think she is? <laughs> Obviously we want a piano player. We need, you know, you better know piano or don't bother wasting our time. And then you, that would just get reinforced. Like, oh yeah, I better make sure I'm a hundred percent. I don't want to get attacked for There definitely is. And you mentioned imposter syndrome. So women are more likely to suffer from that and people entering new projects. And so what I always suggest is I, I suffer from imposter syndrome. You probably have at times. And like your son did, the best way to prepare and get ready for any of those situations is to practice and to really tell yourself you can do it and give yourself that pep talk, maybe have a mantra. I always suggest people keep a list of all their accomplishments, right? Just make a little list. And then when you're feeling sad or feeling like you can't do something, just refer to it. Sometimes you forget all the wonderful things you've done and all the great qualities you have. So that can really help. And just because if you're an entrepreneur or you're, you're in a new role, that can really pull on you. So you have to kind of just keep reminding yourself and going back to those things you've done perfectly in the past, even when you were out of your comfort zone. Because sometimes the more you're out of your comfort zone, the more you'll push yourself and the better you'll do like your son did. So overcoming the imposter syndrome, maybe if I can kind of paraphrase back to you. So one is sort of notice the feeling yes, um, for what it is. Yes. Um, two is sort of um, affirm yourself. Remember the good things about you, the good things you've done. And it could be helpful to have those listed somewhere or have a picture or something, you know, somehow to remind yourself. Cause you do, when you, when you're in those vulnerable st- spots, it's hard to remember. Isn't yeah, it? it is. Just have a brag sheet. And sometimes you can train yourself to even think more positively. I can keep a journal. I have a journal of uh, moments of joy throughout the day. And the more you do that, you put like three moments every day, the more you start p- focusing on the positive things that are happening instead of the negative. A lot of times as humans, we want to focus on the bad things, right? And we don't necessarily call out those really good things. So the more you kind of train yourself to do that, the more confident you'll become and the more you'll find yourself doing better in those situations. And you just have to tell yourself, really, it's just nonsense. You know, you can do it. It's just all in your mind and what you make of it. Yeah. And then if the other person doesn't respond well, it's usually about them. It's not really about you. I mean, reminding ourselves, like if they've got some kind of reaction, then there's some issue going on there with whatever's going on in their life or their expectations or something yeah not taking that personally yeah definitely i think you know i haters is something i talk about sometimes dealing with haters and that's hard for women because they want everyone to like them right they want to be put themselves across in this perfect way and be well received and that's not always the case and so if you're dealing with haters it could be just a sign that you're actually getting a lot of success and you're doing better because the more successful you are the more likely you're to have those but it is often about the other person 
maybe you want to launch a business and someone's talking you out of it or telling you can't do it, but it has more to do with them. Maybe they don't have that kind of confidence or maybe they're jealous because they've always wanted to do it and now they're not. So you have to learn to kind of separate yourself and it hurts and it's hard to do. You know, I remember once when I first got on Twitter, I had somebody retweet something of mine with a negative comment and it wasn't even someone who followed me and he only had four followers but still i was like heartbroken like how could he do that to me you know and then i looked through and he was doing that to all kinds of people it just really is more about the person and sometimes maybe it is something you can learn from it's feedback that you need to kind of improve whatever you're doing so just try to separate yourself as much as you can and then just maybe have a conversation with that person and find out you know hey it feels like something's bothering you is there something i can do to kind of talk this through or help you out and sometimes you know that'll work and if not sometimes you might just have to distance yourself a little bit it could be someone in your personal life who's causing that and when you're taking on a new business a new role a new challenge anything you want people that are going to lift you up around you and not people that'll necessarily pull you down so you might just have to put some space yeah, you're you had a, a your section in the book about haters. I found fascinating. Um, maybe it's because it's a it's an area that I'm personally like afraid of. And I guess I've um, I was surprised. You, so first of all, one of your big points was it's going to happen. Right. You know, you, if you stick your neck out in the world, there's going to be you're going to get not everybody's going to like you. Like just accept that. And uh, that's just hard. That's a hard reality to face. It really is. You know, recently, I remember when I was first getting started with thought leadership and putting myself out there. And in the beginning, you're nervous. I'm sure you had this experience, too. You're nervous about what you're saying and how you'll be perceived. And then over time, you just sort of start getting more and more vocal. And somebody that follows me on Instagram sent me a message the other day. You know, your article on thought leadership really helped me and I, because I was afraid to put myself out there. And it was actually a man. But I just thought that, you know, isn't that great? I remember being back in his shoes a long time ago and how now you're at a point where what you're saying is actually helping people to also share their ideas and opinions. So dealing with haters, sure, comes with the territory. And I had someone once tell me, hug the haters, hug them, you know, try to get them, mm. win them over to your side. But it is commonplace. And it can even be sometimes, and I still react to it too, I still kind of find myself sometimes taking things personally. And you just have to step back and just realize what's really causing that, whether it's through communicating with them or just making your own determination and then just seeing what you can learn from it, like I said before. Yeah, like some people would say, just don't, just ignore it all. Just try not to, don't ever read comments because <laughs> you're going to get those haters in there. Just ignore it. But I like, I'm, I'm impressed with your willingness to embrace the conversation a bit and see what you can learn from them and maybe maybe possibly make a friend even. Yeah, I think it's important for anything, whether you know it's you personally they're talking about or your company, you can just delete that negative comment or you can ignore it. But I think it takes a lot of guts and courage to kind of confront it, remain calm and just, you know, respond professionally and see what you can get back from them. Maybe, you know, they were jealous or maybe they just felt something, they took something you said wrong. And if you talk talk it through, you could win over a friend, a fan, you know, something else. So try to look for that. And if you can't, you can't, you know, <laughs> sometimes it happens. So you just have to let it go as much as you can. Yeah. And just also, I mean, just, there's a certain percentage out there that aren't um, honest haters. They're just trolls or yeah. th they're just enjoying that sort of internet experience of being cruel to somebody and getting some kind of a thrill out of being anonymously mean, basically. 
Yeah, there are those. And I think the Twitter example I used earlier, that was exactly what that was. He loved that. For some reason, you know, it made him feel better about his situation. And there are people like that. And I think because people are online and they're not face-to-face, people are braver about saying something negative, something mean, than they would be if you were in person. And I think that's one of the negative signs of social media. But again, I think the bigger you are, the more likely you are to open yourself up. And everyone's going to have an opinion. And there's no way, no matter who you are, no matter how perfect you are, everyone is going to like you. They're just not. I mean, we're all different. So we have to just let go. And nobody does everything perfectly. You know, you have to remind yourself that there is no perfect person out there. So don't try to live up to that expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just like your whole point about what can you can you learn something from them if they're being mostly honest and uh, with their and and transparent, I guess they're sharing something real, right? um, not just being a troll. And what can you learn about that, either about your business or about yourself? Like, I remember that story Brene Brown tells um, so there was a photograph on her website and somebody just made a mean comment. What seemed, sounded like a mean comment about the photograph. And Brene had this reply, immediately drafted up like three different super mean replies back and then paused and realized like, um, why am I so upset about this? And was talking it over with a friend and realized, well, it, it's just pointed out a vulnerability in herself like I'm upset because this is like something I actually want to explore more the photography and I'm being putting my neck out there and so forth. And there's, I've got some deeper wounds that would be good to kind of take a look at and, and heal from and let go and so forth. So that, you know, what you're pointing out this opera, it's an opportunity and instead of just like, Oh, here's a downer to my day. It's actually an opportunity if we have the courage to look yeah, at it. Yeah, definitely. Bit. I mean, sometimes you won't get anything from it and sometimes you will. It just depends. I was doing a presentation once and I had a lot of material to cover and I was flying through the presentation. <laughs> I was trying to get it all in and somebody said to me after the fact, you know, you're talking too fast. Uh, were you nervous or something? And it wasn't that I was nervous. I was just really trying to cover too much. So just look at what they're saying and just find out, you know, maybe, and I do talk fast anyways, I'm from the Northeast and that's the way it goes, you know, but you can learn something. And sometimes it is just pure, you know, spite or something, but you can always figure a way to find something about it. And and like you said, it's about stepping outside and saying, okay, am I taking this too personally? Is this hitting a sore spot? And often it really is. Yeah. Your, your fast, fast talking story that resonates with me because I've had, I've sometimes gotten that comment and it's usually because I felt like I had to cover this much (laughs) material in order to like prove my worth or, you know, Hey, you guys all came paid maybe to be here. I got to like give you lots of stuff. Right. And it's not, you know, like just trust, like, no, what you've, you've, you've prepared well, you're enough, you are enough and let your personality shine through a bit. But, um, yeah, it needs, it take sometimes it takes that comment. And if, I, if I'm willing to listen to it, to know, to make that improvement. Definitely. You know, and sometimes people will, I've seen people try to hijack other people's things or, you know what I mean? And it it does, it really has more to do with them. So I think just embrace whatever people are throwing your way. And, and if it's really horrible and hateful, then it is just really spite, but otherwise you might pick something from it. And then if you're in a company and someone is saying something negative about your company or your products or something, okay, look at it. Maybe this is true. Maybe your competitor is doing something better, or maybe you can improve your product, or maybe your service isn't what you think it is, right? So just pick those parts of, you know, from the negative comment and see what you can use to improve. Yeah, that's good. 
So we, we've talked a bit about um, the imposter syndrome. We've talked about dealing with haters. Um, you point out that self-sabotage is, a, is an issue that's kind of has some unique uh, characteristics for women. Um, how, tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so that's when we're actually, we're the hater and we're hating on ourselves, right? We're trying to talk ourselves out of something or we're telling us, ourselves we can't do it. Like this is big for business. A lot of people want to launch businesses, but then they sort of talk themselves out of it saying, I can't, I don't have what it takes. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And again, that's just nonsense. That's all in your mind. And taking action is like a big part of entrepreneurship. It's a big part of anything. So you really have to be able to go forward and just get yourself out of that mindset. I've even read where, you know, you can wear an elastic band around your wrist and snap it if you find yourself <laughs> having a negative thought. But and it's okay. Like I'm not saying I'm perfect. I never have any negative thoughts because I do. But when it happens, you have to recognize it and just let it go for what it is. And if you're really feeling down or you're feeling like you can't do it, take a break for a little while. I'm a big advocate of that. I had recently I had this really big win. And then one little negative thing that for whatever reason, I was focusing on the negative thing instead of that really big win. And I thought, you know what, this is just ruining my whole mood. I need to get out. I need to take some time off and just move past this. So I did that. I went, you know, had some exercise. I spent some time with my kids, came back to it. And I thought, yeah, that was no big deal. Why was I even, you know, worried mm-hmm. about that? So you just have to just catch it when it's happening. You'll still have that, you know, that negative talk sometimes, but just kind of train yourself to see things more positively. And if nothing else, in life, I, if I die tomorrow, they say, by golly, Charlene really tried because I always really try with everything. And sometimes people will say to me, you know, you've done so many cool things. You have these books, you're doing this. How did, how did that happen? You know, how did you get all those things? I think sometimes people think whatever success, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, that someone just hands it to you. Here you go. Here's all this accomplishment. <laughs> but you and I both know, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of zigzags. Like I try a lot of things. I try 20 things, you know, maybe two of them land and the, but they're two really good ones. So you just have to keep putting yourselves out there. So I think that's it. Just becoming more resilient, having plan BC and just not getting discouraged when something negative hits is really the big thing you can do for yourself. Is there anything about self-sabotage that is like unique for women? Um, I mean, everything you said, I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we all do it. I think women can do it a little more and it comes back to that confidence issues. There's something called a confidence gap between men and women where women are just tend to be less confident in certain situations. And it has to do with the way we are raised. It has to do with, you know, the traditional workplace. I think men just kind of work together a little more and just kind of throw themselves out there. So it is a little unique in that way. And I think women just suffer from it a bit more. But other all people do, like you said, all people can suffer from self-sabotage. You just can't. You can experience, feel it, but just don't live there is what I like to tell people. Just get out of there when you recognize it happening. Yeah. But it's also interesting that um, when people are willing to just share a little bit of their vulnerability in these areas, it's, uh, it endears them to you. And, now, you know, I was raised in my generation. Guy, I mean, guys, you just, you know, you never show your weakness. Um and so I had to kind of unlearn that and relearn like, yeah, actually, when you if, if I'm if I'm feeling, you know, some fears, for example, in the moment to to sort of voice some of that ambivalence, like, well, I'm really excited about this conversation we're about to have and I'm nervous um, and, you know, 
then people see you as more human as opposed to faking. So it's almost like maybe it's going back to that imposter syndrome a bit is overcoming the imposter syndrome. Like don't play the imposter, you know, <laughs> I mean, be honest. Um, yeah. I think people, you know, people want to know you, that you're a person that you experience these things. And I think the more successful people are and the more they share these stories, particularly like extremely, extremely successful people, it motivates other people like, Oh, they were in my shoes once they've been through the same thing. They got through it. I can get through it too. And people want to get to know you, the person. And if you're always trying to put on this active, everything I do is wonderful and everything I say lands well. It just comes off as inauthentic and nobody can really relate to you that way. So I love sharing story, stories. I love people. I love to hear their experiences. I'm rooting for them. I'm hoping they do well. You know, I'm not necessarily a person who gets very jealous of other people. I like to see them. I think, oh, I know them. Look what they did, you know? So I think the more we can connect as humans and being vulnerable is a big part of that, the better off we all are. Yeah. And the other thing about it's interesting, um, this term of self-sabotage is like when we notice it's almost like just being aware that it's happening. Yes. Um, and maybe even just looking at it a little bit like where does that come from? You know, and sometimes it's I find it's these it's just messages that I picked up earlier in life. Like, yeah, you don't deserve to do that. Or um, that's, you know, only like, hey, we don't we don't have that kind of, we don't, that, that, we don't have that kind of money. Right. Right. Uh, something wrong with being people who have that much money or that much success or that, that much, are they, they seem so happy. That's just, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if like, we pick some... maybe I need to let that go. <laughs> you do, you pick up so much and there's a lot of it with money that came from your upbringing too. You were taught, you know, that's money is the root of all evil and you shouldn't, you don't deserve that money or you'll never amount to anything or well, people are told a lot of negative things. So I think coming up with your own mantra, like some things my mom, I always talk about my mom too, some things she's always said, God helps those who help themselves, which, you know, I used to think, oh, she just wants me to do that myself. Like, why isn't she <laughs> helping me? But I will literally tell myself that, like, if I'm sitting around waiting on something, I think someone's going to help me with something or someone's going to make something happen for me. And I'm waiting and waiting. And then I say, you know what? No, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. God helps those who help themselves. You've got to take control. And that's true with a business. That's true with your career. That's true with your personal brand true with everything you make your own opportunities so you have to kind of unpack that baggage you have with you whatever negative things you're carrying or you're telling yourself and just kind of start relearning something else tell yourself you know jesse you got this you can do it you know whatever it is just tell yourself and i do that i give myself little pep talks along the way book again is launch your inner entrepreneur 10 mindsets for women to take action unleash creativity and achieve financial success. We've been talking with Charlene Walters. Charlene, where can people find out more about you and your work and get their hands on your book? Definitely. So the book is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere books are sold. You can find out more about me on my website, ownyourother.com or charlenewalters.com. Either one will take you to the same place. I'm also Twitter, C. Walters, PhD, Charlene Walters, PhD on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Happy to connect. And I'm so thrilled to be here with you today, Jesse. It's been so amazing. Well, we're out of time for this episode, but join us with the next episode as we'll continue talking with Charlene Walters about the challenges facing women regarding a remote work environment and how to master a remote work environment and balance it with your leadership. This is a production of Workforce Communication. 
We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at workforcecommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Kalenda from our social media team, JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.